This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for a little A's baseball here from the field on a beautiful Tuesday, far different than what we had yesterday as yesterday was freezing cold. Sun is out today. We don't have as much wind as it's game two of the three-game set between the Athletics and the Cleveland Guardians. we got a great show for you today in moments. Scott Emerson, the pitching coach, is going to show up. We have a lot to get into with him. Stephen Kwan, Fremont's own Stephen Kwan, Bay Area kid, who's outfielder, gold glover, and the man who puts the ball in play, a terrific player. I know a lot of people around the ballpark here, a lot of people know Stephen Kwan from growing up, whether their kids played with them or they coached them. So there's a lot of people here at the ballpark rooting for Stephen Kwan. He is going to be here coming up at 420. And then Martin Gallegos from MLB.com will be here at 515. And Jace Peterson, what time do we know? We're supposed to have him after BP. So don't know the exact time, but that's, I was told after batting practice. So Jace Peterson is going to be here. So that, and we got the, the kids coming out onto the field right now, the groups that are coming on, one of the great things about uh, coming to A's games, as you see behind us, everybody coming onto the field to watch BP. Really nothing better than watching BP from the field. A lot of these people will get a baseball, right? They get a baseball. Yeah. You come down here, and you get to see the action as the music's going. It's uh, It really is a great treat. I want to play. Do we? Can we play the highlight from last night? Because I just talked to him. Um, you know, Class A, the reliever, the closer, for the Guardians is truly one of the best in all of baseball. If you play fantasy baseball, he is a higher draft pick. Wouldn't you say he is a higher draft pick in people's leagues? Uh, that's agreed. He is a uh, very good dominant closer. Um, is he the best closer in baseball? I think statistically right now you'd have to go with, yeah, he is. And he's on a team that needs a closer. Yeah, they, they won a lot of games. Because you could be a closer, but if you're on a bad team, you're worthless. When you're on the Guardians and you're a team that – you think is going to go to the postseason, Class A is a big deal. Well, he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. He only gave up three last year. Vince, do we have this? In, this is Vince Cut. Uh, yeah. Well, it's Ken. Ken and Vince, yeah. It's Ken and Vince, and Vince tells you right here, this is how rare. What you saw last night, we had a lot going last night. We had all kinds of things going last night. But what happened with two outs, Seth Brown at the plate was awesome. 
Seth Brown trying to battle right here against a tough customer. Class A is ready. Kicks, throws, and Seth. It's a drive into center. It's deep, and Straw is back at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And the ball game is tied up on a center field two-run home run with two out in the bottom of the ninth inning by Seth Brown. How do you like that? The A's get up off the deck against one of the toughest closers in baseball. Off the back wall in 432 feet, it's 10-10 in the bottom of the ninth. 72 and two-thirds innings pitched last year, three home runs allowed. Think about that, 72 and two-thirds innings and only three home runs, and here he is. Seth Brown with two outs in the ninth inning, runner on, goes yard, and extends the game into extra innings. Of course, the A's would lose. A little note on that. Uh, the last time the A's scored 11 or more and lost, Cody, was May 5th, 2000 against? The Texas Rangers without Bruce Bochy. Who was on the Rangers? Who would have been their manager? Pudge Rodriguez would have been there. Would Juan hey, Gonzalez was, be there? That was, pre, that was pre-A-Rod. Mickey Tettleton. Who was on that team? Was Kevin Brown there? Kevin Brown, wow. Kenny Rogers, Kenny, Kenny Rogers. the gambler? Because uh, he would come to the A's. No, he's with the A's prior. Prior to like 97, 98, something so like that. Kenny Rogers would have been there. Or let's see who was on that Rangers team. Uh, Bobby Witt. That's one of who their manager was. Johnny Two, Oates. 2000. Or uh, the human rain delay. Bobby V? Not no. Bobby V. The, the old catcher, human rain delay. Uh, Johnny Oates was the manager. They Johnny finished Oates. 71 and 91. Their general manager that year was Douglas Melvin. I'm assuming that means Doug Melvin. Doug Melvin. The former Brewers executive. Who was at uh, Steve Vucinich's retirement party. Steve Vucinich is here in the house, by the way. I saw him the other day. Uh, Rafael Palmeiro on that team hit 39 Palmeiro. home runs, drove in 120. And the next best player was Pudge, 27 and 83. Rusty Greer was on that team. Rest, Rusty Greer, the lefty, was a good player. Kenny Rogers was on that staff, yep. Uh, Esteban Luiza. Former A. Man, before all the stuff happened with him. Juan Gon wasn't on that team? Didn't see him. Was he with, he would have been with. Detroit at that point? Cleet, yeah. Uh, he went to Detroit after Texas. Then that probably would have been where he went. He was with Texas for a long time. So that's the last time the A scored 11 or more runs and lost a game. You got to go all the way back to 2000. I wasn't even married yet, for God's sakes. Got to go all the way back to two, 2000. They lost 17 to 6. Seth Brown, by the way, Seth Brown, his last five games against Cleveland, he's hitting 316, five extra base hits, 10 RBIs. For his career, he's got six home runs against the Guardians. That's more than any other team. Moments ago, I talked with Seth Brown down here on the field. I went up and I told him. I went up, fist bumped, and I went, hey, last night that was badass. I mean, no matter what the score was and no matter what, there was a lot of bad things that happened in the game, and there was a lot of good things. And as I said on the postgame show last night, yesterday kind of reminded me of a spring training game, right? 11 to 12, airs, bad plays, good plays, balls flying out of the yard. How was the ball flying out of the yard last night, all those home runs, with all of the wind and how cold? Some people who have worked for the A's a lot longer than I have and been around longer than I have said coldest game they've ever been a part of. 
It was cold. And so Marco- I talked to Marcotte before the game today here on the field, and he talked about it was freezing last night. Uh, I remember when I walked out of the out of the ballpark, the wind was just blowing outside. Um, for me, from being here, but we started this in 2019, so we've been here since then. That was the coldest I've been ever been here. That's five seasons now. I've done so many games here, including well, I've, done, I've done a lot of Raider games here. So I've been in some freezing cold games here. I've been in pouring rain. I've been in – so I don't know if that was my coldest game. I've been in – a on on this field, in this stadium, I've been in a lot of cold games. But, yeah, last night definitely was cold. I asked Seth Brown. Literally, we went on – what's that, four? It was, yeah, what, four. 357? Don't tell me it's dicey. The greatness is coming here. Let's just hear it. Let's just hear it. I asked Seth Brown, does, does he know that he's hit the most – Home runs of his career against Cleveland. What do you think his answer was? I'm going to say he didn't know. Didn't know. He what? didn't know. You want to hear the voice? Oh, wow. Is it that bad? It's getting there. Yeah, yeah. you better not. By the way, what do you think you would score against UConn in a game? 14 points, 10 rebounds, 17 assists. You're going triple-double? Yeah, I, I believe it. How would they stop you? They'd only hope to contain me. You know what? Uh, I think you need to get out of here. Great seeing you, though. Yeah, good. By the way, this guy right here, and I'm not saying this just because I love him to death, but as a pitching coach, there's so much more than just how you throw a baseball. A lot of it is mental. A lot of it is above the shoulder, above the shoulders. Not only do you have to know mechanics, not only do you have to know all the stuff, horizontal, vertical, spin rate, and all that kind of stuff, you got to know how to deal with the human beings, how to help the human beings be their best. He's like a coach. He's like a psychologist. He's truly one of the best in the business, and we are lucky to have you. And you don't have to be humble because you don't have to respond because you can't talk. You just know you're a big part of this organization and why we've had a lot of success with what we got. you got to work with what you got. That's all you can do. We've had a lot of success as an organization, and the times in the playoffs, we've been good, and this is a team that's built on pitching and defense and run prevention. You, my friend, are a big part of it. Well, you just want to care about people. That's you sound thing. awful. Thank you. All right, get out of here. Yeah. We'll get you next time. The great Scott Emerson, the man who once gave up the hit to Michael Jordan but then came back and got Jordan. Got Jordan out. Thank you. He would have had a triple-double against UConn last night in Houston. No problem. The, the point-forward lefty. <laughs> Congrats to UConn on winning in their fifth national title. He was All-State Arizona basketball? That's correct. Scott Emerson, like, is a legit, really good athlete. Also very true, yeah. I mean, he's still right? in good shape in his yeah. uh, four, mid, mid-40s. So, was, like, a legit basketball player, and then, but... You know, that's the thing. You know, that's that really is a thing that people don't really understand about the NBA is that when you look at, like, last night's game, UConn-San Diego State, and you look at the Final Four, and you look at the tournament, and you look at the NIT, and then you realize there are over 300 Division One basketball teams 
in the United States of America. Yeah, it's like 3.30 or something like that. To where football's like, what, 116? One, well, yeah, I was going to say somewhere like 120. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's less than 120, but well, it's 120-ish. It's over right? 100, we'll say that. It's like what we're doing on Friday with Mark Kotze. We will tape the Mark Kotze show 12-ish West Coast time. <laughs> he will be at the Trop in St. Petersburg, Correct. Florida, where we have some sound on that. Remember, we're not here to be the bears of good news or bad news. It's just we like to give you a lot of reality here on Ace Cast Live, and we will play some of the commissioner's comments yesterday on MLB Network. But back to back to basketball, when you talk about over 300-something Division I basketball teams, literally everybody is 6'6 and up. Everybody can jump. Everybody can play. Everybody can shoot. Some a lot better than others, but when you look at body types, it's not hard to find. I mean, Scott Emerson's about 6'4", 6'5", was really good in basketball, but you get up there, you get into college, all these kids, 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", all can jump out of it. They all can do it. Just who can do it at the top level, that's the that's the 1%. But to find guys that are terrific athletes and of size, they're all over the place. I heard a stat last night about, I'm stealing this from you, I got a stat for you. You got a stat for me. 45 of the last 46 national champions in college basketball have had a Wait, wait, 40? 45 of the last 46 national champions. That is not a small sample size. And and men's college basketball have had at least one first-round draft pick on their team. 45 out of the last four. So the last 46 years. There was only one team that didn't have one. I want to know who that team was. But 45 of 46 have had a national cha- or national champions have had a first-round draft pick in the NBA. I would say that you'd probably go back. So this is a stretch of 46 years, right? Correct. I would say that was one of the early teams of this run when the NBA draft was not yeah. what it is today yeah. or what it hasn't been for years. You Because it wasn't – I mean, I mean, you want to feel old. I mean, you go back to the 80s, the early 80s. I mean – Jordan was on the 84 Olympic team led by Bobby Knight. Yeah. So are you going, we're talking about 84 was a long time ago. I was in junior high. That was a long time ago. So you're going back into the 70s. Now when you go into the 70s, you're now talking about, you're you're now talking about all the years of UCLA from Walton. You had Walton, you had Kareem, Lou Alcindor back then. I mean, those are John Wooden. I mean, those teams 40 were. 40 years ago, isn't that? I mean, you're going. I mean, what it, is 40 years ago? I mean, uh, that 70 what? 19, that would have been 1983. 83? Oh, there's my bad math. Yeah, 83. Uh, if you look at it, like, even when Butler lost. Yeah, who is the team that didn't yeah. have a first round draft pick? I heard this all? stat via Casey Jacobson, the ex uh, sharpshooter from Stanford. Uh, the thing that was crazy is when Butler lost in the national title game back to back years, Gordon Hayward, the first year, was a first round draft pick. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't have first round talent either. That stat was just crazy when he. I heard that last night. That was that's pretty remarkable. I've got to. I've I've gotten to cover one Final Four, and I covered the Final Four in New Orleans, which was nuts. I'll say that be the that would be like oh. the best one to go to. Well, yeah, the fi- Final Four is way. I've done a couple Super Bowls, but the Final Four is way better than the Super Bowl because Super Bowl you have two towns coming. Final Four you got four schools, four towns, four states really coming. And it's crazy. Final Four is crazy. But I covered the one when uh, Syracuse beat Kansas. 2003. And it was uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony. 
first. And Jim Beheim getting the title. That was against, um, that would have been Kansas. Nick, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich, Roy Williams, Kansas. And if you see in some clips, Roy Williams was denying that he was going to North Carolina, <laughs> right? If you remember that, it was after the game. He didn't want to talk about it. He was trying to blow it off. You'll see somewhere in, some, in whatever, there's different views of it. You will see a Cambiar mic flag. That's me. Oh, interesting. Okay. That would be me as a young broadcaster right underneath Roy Williams as I was sent to the Final Four. Back then they used to, in the big media markets, I can't remember who it was because they were playing the Final Four. They would send people from the market. I got sent. All, all expenses paid trip to cover the Final Four. Rod Brooks and I. Rod Brooks still working in the media in the Bay Area. Yeah, on the NBC Sports Bay, uh, NBC, Sports, NBC Sports Bay Area, Area. Niners pre and post game live. We didn't do a whole lot of media stuff while we were there. We did a lot of um, other fun stuff. <laughs> it course. was a hell of a trip, though. Yeah. So also, congrats to San Diego State for getting that far. I mean, it's pretty. Only the third California school that is not private. So you got UCLA, you got Cal, and you got. San Diego State is the only public universities from California to get into the Final Four. First one since UCLA in 05, I think, 05 or 06, that made it to the national title game. And last time I checked, uh, UCLA's had a little, pretty good little program. Yeah, they had a nice run. They, they, were, they were in the uh, were they in the Final Four this year? No, they were in the Elite Not Eight. this year. They were in the Elite Eight, I believe. Or it was Sweet Six. They lost against Zaga. All right, I got a couple notes that I want to tell you that I, I don't know if I love them, but I got to give them to you. As we're calling, uh, we're doing a little Peyton Manning here. Omaha, since Scott Emerson can't go with the voice. Here we go again. So we get the notes, right? Here we go again. Baseball's infatuation with the long ball. And it's why I like Cleveland. It's because the Guardians win baseball games in a lot of different ways. It's why I respect the Astros in so many different ways. Because the Astros, do they hit home runs? Of course they do. They got great players. But they don't strike out. They put the ball in play. Their guys hit for high average. Their guys hit the ball all over the yard. The Astros are legit, right? The Dodgers, even though the Dodgers have the ability to hit home runs, but the Dodgers, they do it all too. That's why they've been so successful. But here we go. Fun with numbers. Homers are still the key to winning ball games. Teams are 36 and 8 when they out-homer their opponent in 2023 so far. That's an 818 winning percentage. Now, of course, we had a bunch of home runs last night. Yeah, three, right? Brown, Loriano, and Peterson. Peterson, yep. Didn't win. Did win, yeah. Teams had a 764 winning percentage last season when out-homering their opposition. Home runs are great, right? The problem is when you rely solely on them to be your offense. That's the that is the okay. Now, I as as I like to, we haven't come up with the segment yet. We haven't gotten a sounder yet. My fight numbers with numbers segment, right? And here you go. I had you look up today. Who's the last team? In Major League Baseball, in a full season. Thank you for qualifying. Because 2020, you can't. And thought, but it, yeah. At first, thing I was like, Dodgers. You're like, no, 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 full season. Well, because <laughs> it's only 60 games. I don't know if the Dodgers would have led the league in home runs in 20 if yeah. they would have had sure, the full a good point. season. Yeah. So, in a full season, 
Who is? And it's not going to shock you, and it just proves my – it's going to prove my point. Who led baseball in home runs and won the World Series? So at the end of the regular season, you had the most home runs, and then you won the World Series. Who is the last team to do that? That would be the 2009 New York Yankees. Doesn't does 2009 seem like a long time ago? Well, I mean, it was fifth, uh, 14 years ago. And it's the Yankees. And it got me thinking. So many of the people that put out all the information in baseball are from where? New York. New Jersey. Right? Mainly a lot, New York. A lot, a lot of everything we get in baseball comes out of New York or the Northeast. This is how the people who work inside baseball, inside the MLB network, inside the media, they've all been trained that this is how you play baseball. And it's amazing to me our infatuation with home runs. It just goes to show leading the league in home runs does not translate at the end to who is going to be the champion. Is it good to hit home runs? Of course it is. But when that's how you're built – because I can go back to – I keep all the notes. I can go back, and I have the notes from when we last year were playing the Yankees, which was, I want to say, in New York late June. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the notes had how historic the Yankees were at the time, that the, the, the Yankees were this historic – the way they're winning, we hadn't seen this since these other Yankee teams that had Ruth and Garrett, or that they were the teams that had Mantle and Barra, and they were running off all – like they, they had crowned the Yankees. by As we were in, entering July, season was over. Yankees were so historic, they're going to win the title. Did the Yankees win the World Series last year? Uh, they did not. They, uh, then they ended up getting swept by the Astros. So it goes back to do we overvalue this – Oh, my God, you got to hit more home runs than the other guy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because we, we brought it up. We went back. You got to go all the way back to 2009 to find the last team that led in home runs to do it. Now, the Dodgers and Astros hit home runs. The Guardians are a good example. They didn't hit a lot of home runs last well, year, and they won their division. Everybody at some point hits home runs. Yeah, but I'm saying you don't have to lead the league. I mean, <laughs> right? the, where were the Guardians at? I mean, then again, the Guardians in the playoffs, remember, they, they relied on the home run to win the games they did win. But in the regular season, they won, they won the, the AL Central without hitting home runs. So, yeah, the Yankees have been, been – built on power every year, even prior to 2009. But it seems like even more recently with Judge and Stanton and Rizzo now, that's all they care about is hitting home runs, and that's why they haven't gone anywhere. Well, take the A's. Yeah. Take what we were built on in 18, 19, 20. We were built on home runs, and we were a top five home run hitting team. Where did that get us long term? A couple playoff bursts. Look how many home runs we hit in 2012. 2012, from June 2nd on, we hit more home runs than anybody else. We were the kings of home runs. Where did that get us? A couple of playoff division titles, but that's about it. We didn't hit in the playoffs. No. We didn't hit in 12, 13 at all in the postseason. The only time we've hit in the postseason was 2020 in recent years. We hit in 2020, and we hit in the city. You know, it's hard to explain 2020, 2020, really like 2019, 2020, I think if you really study baseball, we'll go down as a juice ball. Balls were flying out. Everybody was hitting home runs. That series we had against the Dodgers down at, I mean, against the Astros at Dodger Stadium after we took care of the White Sox here in the bubble. Bubble moved to Southern California, and that that series against, I mean, Chad Pender's 
falling back and hitting a ball, and it's going out down the right field line at Dodger Stadium. It was a joke. Oh, it was that that, that series. It was a joke. Every ball flew out of Dodger Stadium. It was a joke, and it was like, well, it's warm. My ass, it's warm. Dodger Stadium was known as a pitcher's park for so long, and now all of a sudden, just because you're playing day baseball, it's just the ball is just flying out. Did someone just catch the ball right in front of us? Almost hit me in the head. Who was aiming? Who's in the cage aiming for you? So thank God for you. How how are we getting that out of the cage? Is that going to be on TV? Yes, you will be on TV. I watch all your radio stuff. Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate you protecting us. That could have been bad. All of a sudden, oh, I, I just I, heard boom, and I'm like, by what? By the way, that's your that's your guy Ryan Nota too that tried to take you out in the cage. Ryan Nota's trying to maybe maybe you and I should switch. It's all right. I'm good. Are you good? I'm, I'm safe here. Are you good? Well, you got your Link Soul on yeah. today. So do you. Um, I love that. I love that that one. Link Soul, look at this. is This is our winter gear, right? Soon we're going to have the uh, summer gear that's going to be coming out. Go to LinkSoul, LinkSoul.com, the official outfitter of A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Uh, violations. We're having less than one per game. Does that shock you? Yeah, we saw it yesterday with Seth Brown. Saw it today, too, Manny Machado. Then he got thrown out of the game. It's ridiculous. Manny. <laughs> The get, first get in the box. Get in the box. Like how like Seth Brown understands. He was kind of in his own little moment. And then oh they're gonna learn. You're gonna learn really fast. Cause rules aren't changing. And do you really want to give up plate appearances because you're angry about it? No, you I shouldn't. Give up, you want to give up games? No, no. I, I I don't understand Machado today arguing in the first inning and thrown out. I mean, if you're Bob Melvin, you pulling him aside going I don't know what happened. Padres had the lead over my snakes. Then it then it went. Then up. the snakes came back. Yeah, the snakes fought back. Uh, let's see. Did my did my did my D backs come back and win? Let's see. It was seven five, I think, when I walked down. Oh here. no no no! It was only it was a one run game when I was coming down. When I walked down around like three forty, it was seven five. The final. Pod, Padres fell eight six to the D backs. Tori Lavello, Tori Lavello. That's our guy down in Arizona. I, I I predicted on this program that my sleeper team was who? Arizona. They're now three and three. Look out for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is my sleeper team. And you gotta think, last year, everybody just handed it to the D-backs in division. Like I was like, Darvish was going today. Darvish last year was four and zero with a one point nine seven ERA and five starts. I mean Padres hammered him. Dodgers hammered him. D-backs played well against basically everybody but, else. But those two teams. Didn't they play well? They were like 500 against the Giants. They were, I think they were 10-9 10, 10 maybe against them. If you take L.A. and San Diego's record against the D-backs away from the D-backs' record last year, they would have been over 500. Yeah, they were, they were they had a good team. And now this year with their, just their outfit alone, McCarthy and Carroll and Alec Thomas. I got McCarthy. He's doing nothing. I got Corbin Carroll. He's a nice little player. He's nice. Well, he's sent a nice little contract. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. Gallon pitched today. He didn't pitch well, but he he, he got through it. And Diamondbacks are now 3-3. Three and three. Padres are 3-3. Three My three. snakes. I want it out there. My snakes. 3-3. Three three. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried when the Padres were on, too. I'm like, this, this, I don't know. Is Bob losing the clubhouse? Oh. <laughs> Overreaction. <laughs> Time to fire Melvin. Um, so, pitch, pitch clock violations. Pitchers, 36. Makes sense. Hitters, 19. Okay, that, yeah. So, so far, pitchers have committed 36. 
Hitters, 19th. This is not a lot, yeah. right? We, we'll say 20 now. Just we, a striker Because we, we know about Manny. How many catchers? Catcher violations. Oh, uh, three. It's been two. Oh, that's a good guess. So it's not a lot. 36, 19, and two. Yeah, that's, that's all you can ask for, right? I mean, yeah, it sucks for what happened with Seth Brown. He made a 40 hit a home run. Manny, thrown out of the game, he couldn't do anything about it. The pitcher, I think the pitching violations will go down as the season goes on. I think once guys get more of a rhythm, Garrett Cole even said it too. He said about the pitch timer, you know, they won 5 nothing. he had all the strikeouts or whatever. He had all the strikeouts on opening day, and he goes, hey, I'll take a two-hour and 33-minute game on opening day. And he said about working yeah. through throughout the season. I think pitchers will get more and more used to it as the season goes on. No, so violations are not are not what you think. And I, and, and I, I can tell you, being out here for every game, every inning, I, I'm quickly to a point to where I'm not even noticing. I'm not – I'm not really even noticing the clock anymore. Yeah. I mean, we notice. Okay, well, when we're upstairs, we notice it yesterday because we're sitting right next to the guy that's clicking it every time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we sit next. By the way, up in the press box, we sit next to the clock guy. And it's beep. It's a loud beep. Beep, beep. You're, at first, we were like, where is that coming from? Because we didn't know. He, yeah. You know, we should take a picture of it. This is the clock guy. He's really from, like, where you're sitting – they're, the only thing between you and the pitch timer guy is a, is, is a thing of glass. glass. Yeah, We're looking right at him. Very thin glass because we hear it. He's got a Tom Selleck mustache. We know <laughs> all about this guy. It's unbelievable. It literally is unbelievable. And it's it's loud. It's beep, beep. Yeah, because I, I thought it was like something coming from someone's computer or something early. A, a message going through? No, it's just yeah. him every time he resets the pitch timer. But when you're here at the game, I don't you don't even really notice it. Oh yeah, no. I only the only reason I notice is because we're up there. When I'm sitting in the stands, I came Saturday with my wife and father-in-law. Yeah, didn't even notice the pitch timer. And you know what? You know the other thing that you really don't notice because you're now just used to it being back to normal is no shifting. Yeah, like the game just just you know if now there's a ground ball up the middle, it's a base hit. It's just normal again. It was so abnormal to take the third baseman or the shortstop and put them way out in right field, or to have your third base, shortstop, second baseman all on the left side of the diamond for a right-handed hitter with the first baseman playing more towards second base. That was all so odd. That was noticeable. Now that we're back to playing more, they shade a little bit up the middle, but not not as much as you think. Uh, Shifting, it's like you don't even notice it's gone. Yeah, uh, the only time I saw it, someone shared a video of it earlier. The Royals did it against the Twins the first series. They did the the outfield one where you put the left fielder and right field in the, the rover spot Gall- against Joey Gallo. He hit it right to him. Guess That's what happened? 300 hitter Joey yeah, Gallo. Guess, guess what happened? The guy couldn't make the play. Gall- Gallo gets a single because the guy couldn't make the play. Couldn't make the throw from right field from short right field to first. You have an outfielder doing something he's not used to doing. So it didn't work out. And was for it a ground ball too? Yeah. It was a See, ball. I, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have guys in positions, and that's how many times do we see that in the shift? How many times do we see guys just look awkward when normally they're not awkward? Why? Well, because they were in positions they weren't supposed to be in. Jace Peterson is going to join us right now. Who uh, got his first home run yesterday? As he's joined us here on A's Cast Live for the very first time. We weren't able to talk to him in spring training, but we're now getting him here. How are you? 
Good. How about yourself? We missed you at spring training. We're finally getting here. This is the A's show that we have before every single game. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to be here. Congratulations on last night. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Move your mics a little bit closer. Appreciate you. That had to feel pretty good. Yeah, a lot lot better if you can get a win, but um, I think we did some things that were good and, uh, you know, just kind of build off that. You know, when you come to a new team, how important is it to get off to that new start? Just because whether it's the players, it's the fans, you want to get things rolling good early for you. Yeah, I feel like you kind of got to – I've been around for a little bit now, so I feel like for me, yeah, that's definitely important. Uh, But you kind of want to be yourself and not try to do too much. Just continue to trust your work, um, show up every day, try to get better every day. And when the game comes, go compete and trust what you've been doing. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I feel like I've had some good at bats and uh, hit some balls hard, just not really finding the holes too much yet. But um, I think that uh, that'll come. So when you talk about a guy who's been around a little bit, I've got the violations so far. They're not really that bad. We've only had overall in the league, we've had 36 for pitchers, two to, uh, two for catchers, 19 for hitters. It's less than one a game. I mean, you've been playing this game a long time. You're now having to do it a different way. Have you seen a major difference, or is it now after spring training kind of this is what it is? Yeah, I think spring helped. Um, anytime you can go out there and kind of have some games that are meaningful but also get to work on your game and kind of do things where you can implement those situations that we have with the pitch clock. And it definitely speeds up the game a little bit, and I think there are certain instances in account where you might chase a bad pitch and you used to you could step out and kind of gather yourself. Now you get one timeout. So um, I think it definitely speeds it up a little bit, but spring definitely helped for, for guys to kind of expedite it and get used to it a little bit. As you're walking up, we were just talking about it. You know, now that you know we saw it in spring training, got to see some games down there, and then now watching it, it's like there's a lot of things. Like I don't notice the bigger bases. I don't know – like now that there's no shifting, it just seems normal again. It was so abnormal to take – the shortstop and put him in right field. or a third. We used to put Marcus Simeon way into right field right, back in the right. day, right? Or you'd see a third baseman playing shortstop. Or if it's a right-handed hitter, everybody on the left side, and now the first baseman is playing more towards second. Like, it's now more normal. You don't notice it. As a defender, how was it? You know, I think that's another one of those things that I think spring kind of getting back to playing your normal position, uh, relying on range a little bit more. Obviously, the analytical part is still in it. So, where guys hit the ball tendencies, that's where you're going to mostly be. But it definitely eliminates the, what you just talked about and having three guys on one side. Um, I think it definitely makes the game more interesting. Uh, there's a lot. I think lefties are going to really benefit from it, from those four-hole hits. And like you said, having that third baseman way out there in right field. Um, I know that when I was over there, I caught a lot of balls from guys that would yeah. smoke balls. So um, I think it's definitely going to allow the game to kind of open up and, and get more used to like it used to be. And I try and explain to people all the time, this is a game of math. So you get one extra hit a week. One of those balls that you defenders in the shift were taking away, it's now a hit. You do one or two of those a week, it dramatically changes all your numbers. Absolutely. It adds up quick. Um, one hit a week is huge in the grand scheme of things, like you said. Um, if you can get that extra hit on a, on a weekly basis is big for the end of the year. But, you know, you just got to take the mentality one day at a time, one at bat at a time, and, and try to put good at bats together and string them together. And um, if we can continue to – take that approach and do that as a team, I think we'll be in a good spot. So we didn't get a chance to talk to you in spring, and I wanted to ask this, and we just we just couldn't run into you while we were down there, but why Oakland? Why was Oakland a good fit for you? You know, for me, it was the first team that had reached out. Um, 
I had a lot of other teams that had reached out, but Oakland was the first team that reached out. And, you know, I, I played here in California um, back in my minor league career, and I enjoyed my time out here. So um, I think more than anything, it was a team that reached out first. And uh, the way we were able to kind of negotiate and see where we would be, I felt like it was a good fit for me to come over here. And I obviously got to play with Kotze a little bit uh, in spring training, so I'm a little familiar with him. Um, and I love what he does and how he goes about it. So that was also another big, big role in it. So um, I think mostly between Kotze and, and coming over here to the beautiful weather in California um, was kind of the decision for me. Well, and I think about, you know, young players that you had to deal with in spring, still some young players here, a lot of young pitchers. You've been around this, right? This isn't your first rodeo. How important is that for you to help these guys out as they're now trying to make their way in this game? You know, for me, it's continue to – I've been through both sides of it. I've lost a lot of games in the big leagues, and then I've won a lot of games in the big leagues. So um, it's a hard game no matter what position you play, yeah. whether you're a pitcher or whether you're a position player. Um, it's a hard game. Brutally and, hard. And, and you have to yeah. understand that you're going to fail majority of the time. And um, – beauty about baseball is you get to come back the next day and play so really kind of keep it in perspective for me is just try to take it one day at a time don't don't get too far ahead it's a long season and just try to win each day and uh, I feel like that mindset is what we're trying to do and that's what most of these guys are bringing to the table uh, we're worried about today and not tomorrow and um, go out and try to get a win today people have a hard time when they hear that they go oh god but when you think about it you have like a couple tough games against the Angels, you don't score, you got to flush it because then you come out the next day and then you score 11 runs. Just really talk about that, how really whatever happens Monday doesn't matter now on Tuesday or Tuesday doesn't matter on Thursday. Like you really have to flush any good or bad. Tomorrow is always a new day. Absolutely. I mean, I, I try to live by it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Um, obviously, everybody out here wants to do their best. Um, but you're also competing with the best players in the world. So they also want to do their best. Um, and you have to take that mindset because it's it's a new day each day, and you could be 4 for 4 one day and 0 for 4 the next day and make every play one day and not make a play the next day. That's just how the game goes. That's how it's always been. So um, I think in my career, young, older veterans who, who I got to play with, the Kelly Johnsons, the Johnny Gomes, uh, the Jeff Francoeurs, guys like that when I was first coming up, come up, they were able to kind of instill that and teach that and show that to me. So it's something that I, I tried to understand at a young age, and it's still hard. It's hard. Nobody wants to fail, but that's what this game is. It's a game of failure. So just to try to show up, compete, and be yourself, and, and, and take each day as it comes and go one day at a time. So far, what do you think the team's strengths are? You know, obviously coming out of spring training, um, obviously we can run. I think this team has a lot of speed. I think we're a team that – has the ability to string at bats together. Uh, I think you saw that last night with the way we kind of started and how we were rolling. And we, even when we got down, we were able to come back up. Um, I think we got speed, which also changes the yeah. game in the outfield defensively. So um, I think speed's definitely a big thing of this team. And then obviously just to be able to have consistent at bats throughout the lineup. Um, and obviously we got good arms in the bullpen and we got good starting pitching. So you add all, all those things together, it's just a matter of going out, competing, getting in a rhythm, getting in a flow, and going to play games. Well, we've been waiting to meet you. Thanks so much for stopping Thanks by. Thanks for having me. Yep. I know, you know, we, we bring you over from uh, batting practice, but that means a lot. Thank you so much. No, no we've problem. been looking forward to having you and uh, looking forward to watching you play the rest of the season. Of course, last night makes, me, makes us want to see more. Awesome. Sounds good. Appreciate you having me. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. So last time Steve McQuan stopped by, we were talking about being a Bay Area kid, Pac-12. We were doing all that. And I was just telling him, after that interview, it's amazing the amount of people that know you that have reached out to us going, I, I he played with my son or I coached him. Or, it, it's You've got a lot of fans here in the Bay Area, and you've got a lot of people pulling for you. Yeah, it's nice to hear. I think that's uh, more due to my dad. He always liked getting me on the different travel ball teams. Uh, it was always a joke that I never had any loyalty to anybody, but you meet a, you meet a ton of people <laughs> along the way, which is cool. Well, uh, you guys are a lot of fun to watch. We talked about this last year. Now you've been around it a little bit longer. You know, Cleveland, you guys are a well-oiled machine. Just talk about how when you guys get out on the field – it doesn't matter if you play a one nothing game, a 12-11 game. I mean, you guys are here to win. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's kind of that college mentality of, like, do whatever it takes to win. You know, we got guys bunting. We're making sure we get guys over, sack flies, good base running, like Jose yesterday. I mean, you can't teach that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really fun baseball to be a part of. You're talking about Jose Ramirez is truly one of the best players in our game. He's been a top three in the MVP voting, I think, three times. This was a game last night. It's cold, early in the season. You could see a star player not really going all out on a sack fly to home. Jose Ramirez comes running in, full bore, slides head first. With, I, I never loved that because you worry about him getting hurt. But I, I went, this just shows you the Guardians' best player is all in in what? The, that was the fifth game of the year for you guys? What does that mean when your star player plays balls out every single night? What does yeah. it mean for you guys? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, yesterday or last year we had a really young team, obviously. So you kind of look at the older guys for guidance and kind of what's the right thing to do. And when you have a guy like that at the top, I mean, it's easy to follow him going first to third. The base running is always important. Like, even if we're down by four, you know, he's always taking that extra bag. It, it's cool to see as a younger player seeing that you can't take plays off. You can't take anything for granted. Like, it's always – next bag, next opportunity, and, and having him at the top is, is really important. You guys had a lot of drama last year. I think about the incident at Yankee Stadium. Then you play against the Yankees again in the postseason. You guys had a terrific year. Everybody talked to Terry Francona. So young, so young. Do you guys still feel young, or is that gone? I think so. I, I mean, I think objectively we are still pretty young. So I think we kind of like holding that uh, chip on our shoulder, kind of seeing all the other vets. You know, everybody's getting paid, big payroll, blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. we're just out here having fun playing baseball and we're winning games. Like, I, hopefully you guys can see it in the energy in the dugout. Like, we, we care about each other. We really love each other. And I feel like that's rare in kind of professional baseball. Like, we know it's a business, but, you know, we want each other to succeed. And I think that's really rare and really fun. We told you we fell in love with you because you're a Bay Area guy and because you make contact. Because the game had, had gotten so much home run strikeout walk. 
it kind of caught on. Like a lot of people, what was that like? Your your success and everybody talking about, hey, this guy, this guy puts the ball in play. You can't strike him out. What did that mean to you? Yeah, it's funny. I think everybody kind of talks about like, yeah, like how did that become part of your game? And I always say like, that's the only way I think I could have impacted the game because I'm not gonna hit the home runs. I'm not gonna slug for a lot. Like the only way that I was gonna be a productive baseball player was putting the ball in play. So. It's cool seeing the kind of the game evolve. I think launch angles and all that stuff is still really sexy, but um, seeing that part of the game evolve is really cool. What does it mean to you to come home and play back at home where you know there's going to be so many, so many people here watching you? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, seeing old friends from high school, uh, old coaches, yeah. old teachers. I mean, gosh, I've seen so many people that I didn't even know like followed baseball, which is really cool. Um, yeah, like stay at home the past couple of days, just got to see some people. It's, it's been a lot of fun, really refreshing and really warm. I, I, I know you got to go. You guys got batting practice. But when you think about this team, uh, your division, Twins are off to a hot start. We think the White Sox are going to be better. How do you handicap what you got there in the Central? I think it's interesting. I think, like, everybody kind of talks about, oh, the AL Central is, a, is you know, a really easy conference. Like, it's going to be the easiest one. It's, it, they don't have a ton of competition. But I feel like as a whole we kind of take that and we hear that as well. Like, there's really good baseball being played out there. And, I mean, Every day we go out and compete, we show out, and I think you can see the success right now. It's early, but it's really exciting. Well, I got to tell you, we talk about you all the time, not only being the Bay Area kid, but 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 your guys' style of play, we absolutely love it. We love the way you play. You play the game the right way. We were so rooting for you guys to beat the Yankees in the postseason. Yeah, I wish we were there, ah, too. <laughs> we wanted you to win. That would have been ah, – what? Yeah. But for you – what was it like postseason? Pretty special? Yeah, it was really special. I always say that. You know, I played Oregon State, won the World Series there. Yeah. and I was like, oh, it's just another game. It's the same thing. But playing in New York on those bright lights, is nothing like it. It's, it's exciting stuff. Well, thank you so much for the time. Be well. I know you got to do batting practice. And just know yeah. that not against the A's, but against everybody else, we're rooting for Cleveland. I, I appreciate you all. I appreciate you having me on. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. I'm going to have to make a call to David Force, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, and to start scouting this person to my right because he saved my life. I'm indebted to Max for the rest of my life. Max, when you need tickets, you know, you know who you call? You. Uncle Townie. I'll take care of you, my friend. There is video out there right now. Because someone has sent us the video. Is that correct, Commander? Uh, yes, I believe it's on our AceCast Twitter. I, I will retweet it so we can. A ball was coming from the cage. I'm talking. Who knows what the heck I was talking about. All of a sudden, I hear, foof. And I something's happened behind me. Max caught the baseball that would have hit me. May have taken me out. Some of you thought may think that's a good idea. But it's Max who saved my life. I can't thank you enough, Max. You're welcome. So you brought the catcher's glove. And you have a catcher's glove. Are you a catcher? Yeah, I'm a catcher. How old are you? 16. 16, so you're in high school. I'm in high school. Who are you playing for? Uh, Berean Christian High School. It's in Walnut Creek. Nice. Walnut Creek. Ever go by the chicken pie shop in Walnut Creek? Never have. You need to go by the chicken. <laughs> you know what? I'll buy you and your family dinner at the chicken pie shop in Walnut Creek. Really? Yeah. For, for saving my life. Thank you. <laughs> what are you, JV or varsity? Varsity. Nice. How's yeah. the season going? It's going pretty well. I mean, the team's kind of struggling a little bit. I mean, I've done pretty well so far, though. But Yeah, yeah. your teammates don't matter. It's about you. <laughs> We're trying to get Max in that. You want to go college? You want to go pro? What do you Both, got? Either one. Either one's good for me. Do we need to get you an agent? 
I'm. I know people. You know people. I know you know people. I'm buddies with Scott Boris for God's sakes. We had <laughs> Boris is a good friend of the program, by the way. Uh, he's it's a yearly thing with us now. We get Boris every yeah, year. We got, but Boris is a good friend. I was going to send a text, and Boris is on within minutes. <laughs> yeah, lo- lo- love me some Scott <laughs> Boris. Uh, so you're doing well. We got to get so big. You get, we got to get you some looks for college, right? Sure. All right. We can make all that happen. We can make all your dreams come true. He saved my life. We have to do this. Now, now he's on. Now he's now he's going to be a viral sensation. Now, now, now here's the tough part, and I hate to ask this. How are your grades? My grades are pretty good. Okay, we got to have grades. Back in my era, when I got recruited out of high school to play, they really didn't care about my grades. They didn't care. Now they care for some reason. So you got to have good grades. Mm-hmm. But your generation, your guys are not. They're not going to worry about your SAT or ACTs, right? Not that I know of. No, I'm not at that level yet where I. No, yeah, I'm. I'm only a sophomore. So. Yeah. So my my I have 20 girls. They're 17. So I'm going through all that process right now. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. It's it's get it gets worse once you're older too. But then again, if we get you to be drafted in the first round and sign for a couple million, we're not worried about college, bro. We're going to the big leagues. Yeah. All right. And they're going to show that everywhere, too. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm going to give you my contact information. When you need tickets, I got four tickets a game. Wow. When you need tickets, it's on me. Thank you. There's Max. Saves your life. I mean, the graphic says on the banner, says Go Max. Go show him the hey, – put the, you put that set there. Go show him. Show him the, uh, show him the video. What video? You showed me the video. The Oh, from YouTube? Yeah. Or from someone sent us? I actually retweeted it, but uh, let me pull it up. It's all over Athletics Cast 24 Twitter. It's wow. retweeted. Max saving Chris's life. I, I, I just sat there like, what, what, what the heck's going on? I got to retweet I wasn't, too. I wasn't moving. I'm, I'm a me guy. I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something you're going to learn, Max. It, it, it's all about you. It's not about your teammates. Yeah. See, people like this, they don't care about team. Uh, Max, I was a. Uh, I graduated college with a 3.6 GPA. Grades matter. Look at me. Look around, Matt. Yeah, look at the success yeah. he's had. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind the <laughs> scenes, and he's on the camera. <laughs> 3.6 is still good, though. It's very good. Oh, My parents are still proud, stuff. and I'm 30, 34 years old. That's good. All right, more coming up next right here. But Max? Max. Max is a star on Ace Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Sorry that we went away, folks. Commander, we're back in business. Uh, yeah, internet's back. I don't know what happened. It's, you know, power so of the internet when controls you do everything. a live show from the field, uh, things can happen. And it happened, but we are back. Stephen Kwan got on the air, right? Stephen Kwan was there. Max, who saved your life, was there. Then Max towards the end, saved my life. Max saved your life, and then he killed our broadcast. Look how that see how that works out. Maybe, maybe, maybe Max is a bad idea, right? I, don't know, I think it cut out when I started talking about how grades matter. That I think it went, it went away. Oh yeah, it's like this is a big leagues. We don't care about grades. Um, <laughs> Stephen Kwan is such a nice kid. So when we went to commercial break and we put the headsets down, he's like, thank you so much. Now, 
when he's been in the league for 10 years and he's got a hundred-plus million-dollar contract, I don't know if he's going to thank me and hug me again. When he's been in the All-Star game six times. I don't know. Josh Donaldson still hugs you. Yeah, that's true. Bob Melvin hugs you. He's Mark Canna. Canna, yeah. Simeon. Just Canna hates me on Twitter, but Canna in real life yeah. likes me. <laughs> Canna on Twitter is not a fan of mine. It's it, it, Did you say it's Canna? It's Cal Bear Canna who hates you on Twitter. No relation to you. So Mark the, Canna. So the not real Canna doesn't yeah, no. like me, but the real Canna just, and his family it's, like Yeah, me. it's just another guy that has, uh, ironically, the Cal Bear Canna. I don't know if he went to Cal or he's just using that as a Twitter name. We'll see Mark Canna next week. Yeah, can't wait. Have him on the program. Yeah, I'll send him a text. I did, that's what I did when, he, when you guys, when I was in Iceland and the Mets were here. I, was yeah. just, I just text Mark. I said, you know what, I'm going to go through Mets. We we know him. I did a, I did a documentary on him. Uh, our boy Bassey had a first rough start in St. Louis. Uh, the Blue Jays. Got roughed up a little bit. Um, uh, only two other teams, I believe, in baseball have given up more runs than the Blue Jays, and one of them, well, unfortunately, is the uh, Ace. You, you and Johnny had him winning the World Series. I think I think that's the stat. Uh, no, no, Johnny had him winning the World Series. I, I, I'm saying you and you and Johnny D. Uh, I do want to get into this because right now, I don't know how the Phillies became my team. Do, I don't, do I don't we either. remember how that they became my Phils? Uh, no. Well, you. I don't know if you like uh, Cassianos or if it was a. I have Kyle zero connection thing. to the great city of Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I like Philadelphia. Frank's, by the way, the restaurant Frank's, the in the the old mob hangout in the Italian part of town, is phenomenal. I think I was unfortunate. I think I might have more Philly connects than you do, and that's I think uh, that being makes me a sick. Pennsylvania person makes me sick. Yeah, no, well, that, it's a that. great city, the city of brotherly love, city the, of losers, the home of Rocky Balboa. When was the last time that city won a title? Two-time heavyweight champion. He's not real. Or what he was three-time heavyweight champion. He's not real. Yes, he is. He has a statue. <laughs> And I've been to the statue. So I got, have I. I got pictures to prove Rocky's real. I, I was. I told him. I, so, I told the statues like Clobber Lang did. You're overrated. I. Uh, I don't know how the Phillies became my team on this show. It's kind of everybody becomes our team at some point. But my Phillies are struggling. Well, we were Mets guys. Now we're. I guess you're a Phillies guy. That's right. I was a Mets. I'm guy. trying to see who the Phillies. I game thought out. we were going to be Marlins guys. Uh, Phillies won nothing in the fourth. It's actually two nothing. Oh. Kyle Schwarber has hit his first home run of the year. Uh, who else went deep? Marsh went deep for his first home run of the year. So the Phillies look to avoid becoming the first pennant winner to start the following season with five consecutive losses. In a sport that's been played how many years? Nobody's ever gone to the World Series and then come out of the gate with five. Now, they've lost four in a row, and as you know, the 84 Orioles... The 71 Reds, the 67 Dodgers, the, 19 four, the 1941 Reds, and then one of your all-time favorite teams, uh, the 1970, 1917 Brooklyn Dodgers. Good team. I went back and watched every game and listened to it tape by tape. Fr- frame by frame. frame. <laughs> tape by tape now. But, I mean, that is like there is something to be said. The Phillies coming in today outscored 37-12. to 12 in their first four games, you just kind of wonder. And it's like the mentality that you wonder about teams that it was not that long ago that the Philadelphia Phillies had this it factor. And it's not like they've taken a year off. They've taken literally, what, five months months off? I mean, the Reese Hoskins thing is gonna—that's a big deal. 
So November, December, January, February, March, we're now into April, about five months. Where, where, where did this it factor go in five months? Where did it, you think they, you think teams that were so hot and so good, hey, we're going to get fresh, we're going to feel good, and next thing you know, bang, we're ready to rock. The Hoskins thing hurts. Um, then they have another injury that happened too. Well, uh, you, you don't have your superstar. Yeah, we have Harper, Tommy John, which yeah. they're hoping he's back before. Like, but they the were winning breaks. without Harper last year. Yeah, then he came back and made him even better. He hit one of the biggest home runs in well, Philly's history, maybe postseason history, that one he hit in the NLCS against the. Their run was their run was it was a lot of fun to watch. How much it just wasn't about them, like this whole embracing the city of Philadelphia we've seen with the Eagles, um, seen it with the Sixers, but really the way the Phillies. And that town and the way the town was going. And, and, and once again, talk about Jose, Jose Ramirez here who sets the tone. Uh, it was Bryce Harper setting the tone with Phillies fans. Being, hey, we're all in. We're all in for you. Yeah, he signed a deal with no opt-outs. But then all of a sudden, five months later, you now stink. I know it's early. We're overreaction of the first week. Right. Well, I, I wrote this down, and I told you about it earlier. Billy Ripkin was on our with our good friend Mad Dog Chris Russo today. Billy Ripkin. Billy Ripkin of the fame of the 1988 Orioles. Billy Ripkin is real. He's not one of the stars, as they have Hall of Famers and great players. But Billy Ripkin is one of the best analysts yep. on MLB Network. That he knows the game as he has coached, played. He's done it all. Friend of the program. He's been with us before. But Billy Ripkin was yeah. on the – 1988 uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, no. Do you, do you remember how they started that year? Uh, I was in high school, and I remember they started out so bad that Cal's father, the Oriole way, they canned their manager. After six games. Cal Ripken Sr. They started 0-21. They let go of Cal Sr. after six games. Who did they hire? That was a little, that was a little premature. <laughs> I think, didn't realize. So? Six games? Yeah. Uh, who do, do How you, did they end the year before? I do not remember. I, I'm not up on my 87 Orioles to 88. 88. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 87, yeah. how did they end that he uh, got fired within six games? Oh, I didn't look at that. I didn't go that far back. They had uh, to have had a bad ending. So, who did they hire to take over? And he won 54 and 107. An 88? Hall of Famer. They hired a Hall of Famer. Hired a Hall of Famer. Somehow he has his number retired in Cleveland. Oh, Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson went 54 and 107 that year. And all the, all the reports about playing for Frank Robinson and speaking of the great Glenn Kuyper as we did yesterday, Dwayne Kuyper can speak to this. Frank was not not fun to play for. Sorry, I'm looking the at Hall, you. The Hall of Famer was not a uh, – he was no day at the beach as your manager, as they would say. Uh, the 87 Orioles finished 67 and 95. Okay, so there you they go. They weren't very good. They struggled and then out of the gate. But can you imagine doing the post-game show for a team that's 0-21 to start a baseball season? I mean, a good part of your season, you're done. I mean, we're doom and gloom after 1-2. and two. I mean, I had callers – Oh, they're one and three, actually. Yeah, one and three. I, yeah, the, for the last what you can imagine going zero and twenty-one. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I was I was calling for Bob's job in San Diego after their own two. So I thought he lost the clubhouse already. Apparently, they bounced back. But that has to be brutal. What, back to what back you, jacks last night at the eight nine. They're Dahl and uh, Kim going, yeah. but they lost today to my snakes. Yeah. So 
Has Bob Melvin, hey, I'll throw it out there. Has Bob Melvin lost the clubhouse? 833-625-2278. There you Robert go. Robert Costa standing by for your calls on yeah, that. He's there right now. You can give him a call. Uh, yeah, what do you talk about? I mean, the team's 0-21. Hey, we might, we have good odds to get the first pick. Well, how, <laughs> do you, how do you stay? How do you, well, you know, I did a 1-15 Raiders season, so I, I know what that's like. But, see, with football, it's different. It's not every day. You're just coming on. Well, I had all the Raider talk shows, so it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but um, everyday baseball, you're 0-21. What do you say? You have no hope. You've got a long way to go before you're calling up any of the young guys, especially back then. You, you, didn't, you, didn't, have, you didn't have tanking as a weapon back then. Yeah, no, that didn't exist. That, yeah, they didn't have that. So you could be like, I mean, if like, let's say, who's a team that we can say officially the Nationals are tanking? And you know what? If I'm the Nationals, I agree with what they're doing. They got young players. They're playing all young guys right they've now. Trade, they've traded for some good young players. They had young players. They're going on. They're going young. They're not, they're, they're not, they're not fooling anybody. Well, let me, let me. You know what you're getting with the Nationals, but you know that if it works, you could have a really good Nationals team in a couple of years. I was going to say, well, let's see if he still thinks it's an overreaction. Uh, Juan Soto had a double today. Batting air seems climbing. Once did, Soto's hitting like 120. Did the Nationals still win that trade? Juan's on fire. Mackenzie Gore. He pits well. They got a lefty ace. CJ Abrams a shortstop. They got some guy. They got some. They got some players that they're building over Potential there. Potential players. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here, here, I'll give you this real quick before Martin comes on. Oh, Martin Gallegos. That team, that 88 team, and because the Phillies aren't going to go there. Now, I'd love, I'd relish in that moment if they did, uh, because it's Philadelphia. They had Cal Ripken, Eddie Murray, Fred Lynn, and a young Brady Anderson who years later went on to hit 50 home runs. So uh, that team that had Cal Ripken, Hall of Famer, Eddie Murray, Hall one, of of Famer. Gr- one of the great switch hitters of all time. <laughs> Fred Lynn. Freddie Lynn, old Fred Lynn. Yeah, and a young Brady Anderson. He wasn't on roids yet. No, yeah, true. Who else was on that team? Uh, I'd have to go back and look. The Oriole way. So the next closest team to start uh, Owen any whatever was the Cubs in 97, Owen 14. Oof. The worst 25-game start to a season. The 2022 Reds went 3-22, and so last year the Reds were awful. The Detroit Tigers did the same thing, only the Orioles were worse. They were 2-23. and So basically, <laughs> you throw out the number 833-625-2278. You make sure you get all the sponsors in, and then you get the hell out of the postgame show. That's what you do. Yeah. Every caller is going to be angry. Every because you'll get early. The you know these guys are playing hard, and I like these guys. And you know I really think, Tony, I think these guys got a chance. But you're you're zero and fourteen. That's out the window. Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the scene in Major League. Bring up Soderstrom. Bring up Galoff. Bring yeah. up. Give I me mean, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. It's, I want him playing every position. Uh, well, Aces need to win two more games in their next. Uh, what is that? Twenty. One and they'll they'll, they'll uh, get past that twenty five game. Oh, start. in twenty one. Yeah, just don't go three and twenty two. And you. How can you not win one game? Yeah, well, I mean, the, it makes me think when the post game shows when Bob Uecker on Major League goes, "Where's the where's the read? The hell with it. Nobody's listening anyway." <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, the sun has gone down, and, and then, so is the temp. Uh, they have an update. You, you, so says one. You nothing. just saw the sun just started creeping on the desk here, and all of a sudden, once it got past me, wow, it changes. So it's your phone's? It's, yeah, it's still two nothing. 
Who's pitching for the Yankees? Uh, oh, Her Domingo Herman. Domingo Herman. He's got to be throwing a pretty good. They went with the opener, uh, Strom. N Matthew Str Strom, yeah. Yeah, they went opener today. Him and his 20 career starts or whatever it was. Yeah, as a swing man, he's got over five ERA. Ex-Padre. Ex Herman, four and a third. Two uh, two runs, eight strikeouts. So that's a that's a that's a bad. It's a line you would like. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you only care about fantasy. He's easy to get two more outs, and he qualifies for a win if they score some runs. By the way, Mister Fantasy is not in first place in his fantasy league. That's not just that. saying. Hey, whoa, I'm tenth. I'm not last. I'm just saying. I mean, he talks a big game, but uh, he's a uh, he uh, hasn't gotten out to a good start in his fantasy league. I'm just saying. Uh, tenth isn't last, so I'm okay. Uh, There's only two people. I think. What did Ricky Bobby have to say? If you're not first, you're last. Last time I checked. Someone celebrating a championship five games in. So Martin Gallegos is going to join us here. He's deep in conversation. Oh, we have Martin Gallegos. We're running out of time, my friend. The great Martin <laughs> Gallegos from MLB.com <laughs> is joining us. And I've enjoyed this part of the program is bringing up to people overreactions. Because everybody, because in your business, you need content. Everybody's got to provide MLB.com, Athletic, ESPN, CBS. Everybody's got to put. So what is everybody doing? First reactions of the weekend. So give me your overreactions the first few games of the season. Well, if you go by that first opening series, you think the offense might be in trouble. I mean, three runs in, in three games. But um, last night it was nice to see them break out. Um I mean, it's it's hard to take away too much from that. I mean, they ran into three pretty good pitchers with the Angels. Um, it was nice to see Moeller go out there on opening night, especially after the spring that he had. It wasn't the greatest of springs, and for him to go opening night and and you know help the team win, um, that was promising. Um, so I think overall, just pitching pitching side, that's gonna that's always important pitching, right? Um, so I felt I feel like the pitching, we still don't know what it's gonna be like. Um, you know, we've had some. Some good outings, some not so good outings, but um, you know, we'll see where they are, you know, in a month from now or so. But um, you know, still a lot, a lot of games to be played. I gotta tell you, last night's game in in, in this ballpark in cold weather—if you would have told me one of the coldest games we've all been around—that the score was going to be 12 to 11, I would have never bet that. Yeah, I mean, you you think on a night like that, hard runs are going to be hard to come by. You know, the, I I know there's you know certain nights here when it's warm and you get games like that, but to see you know that much offense, it was pretty incredible. And I mean, credit to the A's, they 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 fought to the end. Seth Browning that homer off of Emmanuel Class A only gave up three homers all of last year. Uh, that was impressive. So I mean, it speaks to the resilience. But yeah, that was a wacky game for sure. You know, the one thing that you look at with this Cleveland team is no matter what the score, no matter the style of the game, like if it's it's like it's like a boxer that can be a counterpuncher, can come right after you, can be in a slugfest, can play. It's like a, a boxer that can win anyway. That's what Cleveland reminds me of. Any style you want to go, I can play that style. Yeah, I was talking about that earlier today. I mean, their their offense is just it's you know, it's pesky. You know, one through nine, those guys don't strike out. They always put the ball in play. And when you do that, you know, you have a chance to put together, you know, offensive performances like that. You know, you just got to put the ball in play. We saw the A's make a couple of mistakes on defense, and that can happen, you know, with a lot of other teams. If you just put the ball in play, you know, the old saying, right, good things will happen. And, I mean, they, they've got a good philosophy over there. They've It seems like they've done a rebuild, you know, the right way, and kind of, you know, you hope that's, you know, kind of a situation that you could have with the A's here in the next couple of years where, you know, these guys come up, you know, they, they come up through the minors together, and they come up, and now they're, you know, World Series contenders. I mean, we saw them go on a nice run last year. They were... You know, they had a chance to go all the way, but, um, 
you know, they're set up for a couple years here now to be a really good team. In this season, Este Uri Ruiz, how many different times do you think we'll have his first name pronounced? This season in 162 games, I've already heard a few. So it's, it's a, crazy, still a work right? In progress. Yeah. Like I'm just going on what base Este Uri. It's what baseball's saying, so I'm going with yeah. it. I mean, PA broadcast, the manager, I mean, everything seems a little different. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways to say it, but uh, you know, one thing about him, I, I would say, you know, you asked me takeaways from early on. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been hitting the ball hard, and he, you know, he's been getting big hits. Last night, I mean, he cut the lead to one run there in the tenth with that double. So. Um, you know, he's, he's putting the ball in play, and, I mean, we haven't seen him, you know, use his speed that much yet. Uh, I don't think he's stolen the base yet, but I'm sure that part of his game is going to show up here pretty soon. But, um, you know, he's overall, I'd say he's been, you know, first three games, first four games, um, you know, in there every day in center field, defensively, offensively, he seems to be a positive. I feel like if he just makes contact, right, I can see if he hits a two-hopper two, two two in between short and third, they got no shot. Oh, yeah. Like, if he just puts the ball in play and doesn't pop it up, line drives and on the ground, his speed is so dynamic, he is going to be valuable. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we haven't really seen it uh, show up too much yet. I mean, we saw, you know, that tremendous play. I mean, that catch he had on opening night was incredible. That's, yeah. that's one of the best. That's an early candidate for catch of the year. I mean, the, just the amount of cover gra- covered, ground you covered in a short amount of time. I mean, it was pretty incredible. Um, so, I mean, I think as we go on through the season – I think, you know, the A's, you know, they're not an offense that has a ton of pop. They're going to need to find a way to generate runs. And if he can just get it, find a way to get on base, you know, he's going to, you know, manufacture his own runs. We're going to see some, you know, you know, like back in the day with Ricky, some Ricky runs, some Esteuri runs, I guess. Yeah, I, I like yeah, And that's the thing for me. We talked about it in spring. you got to figure out a way to score without hitting home runs. you just got to do it. And then they go out in spring and they steal a bunch of bases. And then we get to the season – we don't yeah. have a ton of stolen bases. Yeah. I'm I'm at a point, and like last night we had uh, who got thrown out at home? Was it Seth Brown got thrown out at home last night? I think Seth Brown. Yeah. I'm like I'm fine with that. I I, I want to challenge every outfielder. I, I we got nothing to lose. If you want to just stay, if you want to talk from a win loss standpoint, A's got nothing to lose. I want to steal bases. I want everybody. You got the green light. Everybody go. Everybody first or third. Take ninety feet. Be a be as, as aggressive as you possibly can. That to me, that kind of style of play, the running A's, is how they can score runs. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think over the course of the season we'll see that. I, I was surprised. I was surprised to see. You know, they've only had one stolen base. I think Seth Brown is the only stolen base so far. Um, you know, he's a guy who could who could reach double digit stolen bases. I mean, they've got you know Nick Allen. Depending on how much he's going to play, Ramon Laureano could do it. Uh, Ruiz, I feel like he could lead the league in stolen bases if they you know give him the green light. Um, so I think it's going to have to come into play. Like like we said, there's not a lot of, you know, one guy you can rely on on this offense that's going to produce, you know, 100 runs or something. you got to, you know, find a way to, to manufacture these runs. And, I mean, we're seeing it all across baseball, the stolen base numbers, how high up they are now. And uh, the A's got enough speed to, to take advantage of that of these new rules with the, you know, the bigger bases and everything. I've said this for years. Prospects are suspects until they do something. And stop telling me about the minor leagues. But this year, I'm a little different. Knowing where we are and what's down there, every single time, because i got to do the minor league report during the broadcast, every single time I hear Tyler Soderstrom, every single time I hear, well, Geloff's hurt, but when he hits, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith's body of work from the last month, spring training, to this hot start, 
this guy, whatever, I know he made swing changes, and maybe you can speak to that. He's made swing changes, and he's now been hot for a an extended period of time. Like every single time he hits, I'm now – I used to not do it. I'm now looking at it going, I, at some point, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's becoming a large body of work for sure. I mean, it, ha it started, you know, towards the end of last year in AAA, finally seemed to figure it out, carried that into spring training. I, I honestly thought, you know, we were in that last week of spring. I thought he, he was going to make the team at that point. You know, he did everything he could. I know it was a tough decision for them to leave him off it, but um, he's going to be up here soon. I mean, there's no no question in my mind he's going to be up here soon. You see now, you know, he got off in AAA. I know Reno is Reno, and, you know, you can't really you – know, it could be deceiving at times, but – I think he's a guy who, you know, we've seen the work that he's put in. We've seen enough of a sample size now to where it's it's not just a small sample size. He's he's improved. He's made improvements as a hitter. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back up here because, I mean, the bat seems to be uh, able to play. Defensively, he was always good. You know, at, at third base when he was up here last year, the defensive numbers were among the best in baseball from all third basemen. So, um, you know, he's just waiting on his shot, and I think he's going to get it here pretty soon for sure. Would you be shocked if he's up here playing shortstop on a regular basis? No, I think – you know, he's been playing short down there in the minors. He came up as a shortstop. So, I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him up here as a shortstop. Because, you know, you can sit here and say, ah, it's AAA, ball flies. Ah, it's spring training. But you still got to play. Yeah. And he's and he's been, like, I mean, he was Babe Ruth for a month, Barry Bonds for a month down there. And then spring training tore it up. I'm with you. I was shocked. I was actually shocked going, like, you're really going to leave him off the roster. But uh, we will see. But that – it's interesting that some of these guys right now, in early, you're playing for something, just not wins and losses. You're playing to stay here because I know the front office is looking at those guys down AAA knowing that things don't go well here. Things don't go well early here. There will be moves made. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I was looking at that Vegas roster. There's so many guys who, I mean, they could come up at any point. You know, you get like, got like J.J. Blade down there, yeah. Jordan Diaz, uh, Kevin Smith, like we said. Uh, a lot of those guys are they're they're big league ready. There's no you know need for them to to develop or anything. It's just you know they're down there waiting for their name to be called and they're going to go off. I think you know a guy like JJ Blade, I, I could see him just completely going off at AAA and uh, you know if they need an outfielder out here, he's going to be the first guy called up. So a lot of I, all these guys. I mean, we saw last year how many players came up and down. I don't know if it's going to be as crazy as last year with that amount of players coming up, but there's, there's still going to be a, a pretty good amount of guys who you see come up here and, and get a chance to see if they can prove themselves in the major league level. All right, this may just be me, and I don't want to talk about stats here. It's just Ramon Laureano's been a little different since he's come back. I think about last year and his spring training this year, now back up here. Always loved his fight. Always loved how he played like a football guy, a tough guy. It just seems he's been a little different. Is it me? I think last year for sure. I mean, when he came back, it definitely felt like it was off. Um, as he came into spring, I feel like he was really focused and really just like, okay, I need to prove myself, not just to myself, but to my teammates, uh, you know, to the A's that, you know, I'm better than what I was last year when I came back. And it has been encouraging to see him homer the last couple, uh, two and three nights, I think. So, um but, yeah, it does seem like it's still a little off. He's not, you know, the Ramon that we saw, you know, pre-suspension yet. Um, I think he feels like he could get to that point. I know his teammates feel like he can as well. But, but I mean, also just the way he used to interact with the field guys. Yeah. He was just a little more gregarious. Yeah. He's, just, he's been, a, I guess, a little more reserved. He's been a little bit different. Yeah, I think, you know, talking to him in spring, I think he definitely felt, you know, coming back. 
I don't know if embarrassment's the right word, but he felt a little awkward, you know, coming back to it, you know, after. I mean, everybody knows what happened with the yeah. suspension. So, um, you know, it, it can be weird coming back and, and, and just the vibe, the way people look at you is, is just different. You know, the opinions of people about you change. So I think he felt that a lot. And I think it's probably something he still, you know, maybe struggles with at times, but I think he's handling it a little better. Um, but I think for him, you know, he's looking to kind of, you know, prove himself and get himself back on track. And I think once he's able to do that, if he's able to do that, hopefully you see him, you know, a little bit more like the Ramon of old, that, like you mentioned, that, you know, the guy was having a little bit more fun out there. But he's a, he, at the same time, he, ha, he has always been a pretty serious guy, and that's part of what makes him so good, I think, is he's just he's working nonstop. Ryan Note is a guy that we got to meet in spring training. I like him a lot. We've had him again on the show uh, since the start of the year. Got the first hit, got a double. We know he's good defensively. He's a Rule 5 guy. He's got to be here where he gets offered back. So far, what you've seen in spring, what you've seen this season, what do you think of Noda? Well, spring uh, spring was a little rough. You know, he did, you know, had a nice couple first games, and then the strikeouts just started to pile up. I know, you know, he's always been kind of a high walk, high strikeout guy throughout the minors, but it was a little severe. Sounds like an Oakland A already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a little severe, more severe than I think the A's were hoping for in spring, but he's, you know, his first game, yes, first start yesterday, gets a couple of knocks. That's always a positive. Um but, I mean, he fits the profile of, you know, what the Oakland A's look for in a guy, right? Uh, you know, good defense at first. He can hit home runs. He'll draw walks. He is going to strike, come with strikeouts. But, um, you know, the way he was driving the ball yesterday, that, that's what he could do on a, on a normal basis. He's, he's done that throughout the minors. He's just been waiting for his opportunity. And, um, like you said, a really nice guy to get in and talk to him. You know, he had, like, 20 people out here for opening night. He was telling me about his grandma. We, she's watched every single game of his since college throughout the minor leagues even when she's on vacation she tunes in on the radio somehow so that was a cool moment for him to, to share with that and I think as he gets to settle in you know and play every day hopefully he can you know prove himself and stick here at the at the major level because I mean first base is wide open I mean Jesus Aguilar's there but there's no real guy uh you know that's cemented in that role um for the future so uh, he could he could you know go a long ways and showing himself you know as a long term piece of this A's team whether it's at first base I know he's played a little bit of outfield as well and that's been mentioned as a possibility so if the bat can play I mean the A's will have a guy in them who who they can count on for a few years. Are you ready for the uh, ultimate spin job I put on the Fuji outing? Let's hear it. All right. So here you have a guy making his first start in a foreign country. He's doing it with all the Japanese media here because the biggest star in the game, Shohei Otani, is here. A guy that he grew up playing against in high school. They've known each other for a long, long time. So everybody back in their home country, like literally millions are watching the game. So this is just not a, a, a first start. They're giving away T-shirts <laughs> with your name on it in your first start, which never, never happened. You had all this stuff going on. This wasn't a regular start. I mean, when you talk about a country, a foreign country, it's not foreign to them, but to, uh, back home in Japan, everybody's watching and it's your first start. It's not like you're taking the ball in Tampa. It's a whole different ball. So I think all of that, and you throw in Angels, good lineup, I think you have to flush that. This is my ultimate spin. You flush that. Now tell me what he got, does going to Tampa because not all the Japanese media is going to be there. Not everybody in Japan is now going to be watching. Then you're going to have what? You're going to have the Mets, the Rangers after that. I think let's see those starts because that will be a little more normal because his first start was totally abnormal. 
Yeah, I mean that was yeah that was it was quite the scene like you mentioned with the with the sh with the jerseys of him. I was surprised by that. There was a lot. The whole lower bowl was filled with those jerseys, and um, you know you mentioned the media. It's it's just been crazy. It you know being a beat writer here for you know the past you know four or five years now. It's it you know we don't get we we haven't been seen seen scenes like that since I've been here. So um, I'm sure it's you know can be nerve wracking for him to to have to go through all that and. You know, like you mentioned, him pitching in Tampa, it's going to be a whole different scene. I mean, I'm sure stadium isn't going to be very packed. There won't be a lot of media there. I'm sure he could just treat it a little bit more normal. Um, I know there was nerves for his first big league start. How could there not be after I mean, all just, years? just you have nerves. Anybody, I mean, we were talking yeah. to Kyle Muller, the nerves he had. Now throw on top of it, everybody back home is watching. Like, yeah. we, we got to actually, with the WBC, really see the power and the ratings that the Japanese players really get in their home country. It's it's incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah, every, I mean any and every, any Japanese player that comes over here, I mean they're they get their assigned their own media contingent. They follow him everywhere. So, he'll have some guys in, in Tampa Bay, some some media members in Tampa Bay, I'm sure that are going to be traveling there as well, but I mean it won't be to that extent. I mean with you mentioned with Otani and, and opening weekend, it was just the perfect storm there. Um, but I mean it was the the thing with him is it's going to be must watch every time he goes out regardless right because you, you don't know what's going to happen you you hope he can put it all together but I mean he could look dominant at times and just lose it and and you hope at some point he can kind of you know hone that in a little bit and maybe the the spurts of you know non control can be a little less severe than they were in that in that first game because we saw it in spring you know he would have some in, an inning where he's you know maybe not at his best but then he comes back. And he finishes off to start strong. So, um, you know, maybe he'll get a chance to do that here in, in Tampa Bay. He's going to go up against a pretty good offense, as you just mentioned them right now. Um, but, um, you know, a little bit more normal circumstances, maybe, you know, he could settle in a little more. So you're buying my span. I, I am. You're, you're, you're a good seller, Tony. Absolutely. 100%. What am I supposed to do, bury him after one start? Everybody wanted to bury him. I'm like, come on. There was yeah. a lot going on. I mean, we were doing the show here. Like, picture where we're doing the show. You see the fans behind us. And all of a sudden, at one point, all the members of the Japanese media yeah. were like right up on me, and their cameras were right. I'm like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, he was running. Yeah, it was wild. He oh. was running. He wasn't throwing. He wasn't stretching. He didn't have any equipment. He was just running poles, foul pole to foul foul pole, and they had all these cameras. And I'm just like, "Wow." Yeah, and the, the post -ga the post game scrum was out insane. I mean, it was like, I mean, I've covered playoffs here. It's like it was like you know covering the ALCS like the, the room was jam-packed with media members cameras you know everyone broadcasting back in Japan so um, you know it, I could see how, how a situation like that can be a little intimidating so uh, maybe maybe you'll get used to it a little more he, he said he you know he was used to in, in Japan having a bunch of media members there but you know now obviously being here you know against the game's best uh, going up against a lineup like that I mean things you know can snowball on you a little quickly here so um you got to give him more time obviously it's only one start so i mean he's, he's gonna get some time here to adjust uh, obviously mlb.com they want you guys to constantly be weighing in before the season new rules what do you think well now that we've gotten to see it beyond spring training real games all the different rules what do you think i think it's great i think it's great for baseball i mean we've eliminated the dead time which is great i mean you so many times you know you remember last year I mean, what stands out to me over the weekend was that game on Saturday, right? It was like 13-1, and it was still 224. Yes. I mean, a game like that last year, 
you're looking at like three, close to three and a half hours, just painful uh, being up there. And so now, you know, there's a lot more action. It, it feels like the action is just nonstop. And as, as the game gets on into the later innings, it's just, it's more exciting because, you know, guys on the mound can't take their time and slow things down. They got to throw the ball right away. And, um, you know, it leads to a lot more action, um, you know, we haven't like the A's haven't you know stolen a ton of bases, but you look around the league, there's more stolen bases. You know, a lot more runs are being scored. You know, not just with the home run. I mean, for the long time, longest time, it was like you know home run or strikeout, right? And now we're getting back to a little bit more old school baseball, moving runners over and stuff. So I think overall, I, I don't see any downsides to it. It's been great for the game, I think, and it, I think more fans. I talk to people who are you know kind of not really that big into baseball. They're enjoying it more because you know. They don't, you know, it's not as boring to them. You know, it's it's all action all the time. There's no dead time. Yeah, and, and people keep talking about it's it's really the older generation of writers, broadcasters, who have brought up the, but the moments. Are we still going to get the moments with this pitch clock? Will we have the? It's like, well, last time I checked, um, basketball still has a clock. Yeah, they still have moments. Um, that thing called the Super Bowl and the NFL, don't they still have great moments in their history with this cl- with a the clock? They figured even golf, they put you on the clock if you're playing too slow. Right. So it's like I, other sports still have great moments with a clock. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, you get used to something for so long that, you know, when change comes, it, you know, some people can be a little bit hesitant and, and, and nervous. But I think, you know, five years from now, you know, we're looking at the clock. It's going to be normal. No, I don't think anybody will have re- – nobody should be complaining about it right now, but really you won't have any reason to complain about it. There's still going to be moments. You're still going to have big moments. Look at yesterday. Seth Brown at that homer off Class A. Did the pitch timer affect that? No, no. there was nothing affecting it. It was still Boom. a great baseball game. And there it ended go. in what? It, that game yesterday could have been like four hours. If you oh, got oh, 12 to 11? <laughs> yeah. We could still be playing it. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, Class A only gave up three home runs in 72 and two-thirds. Cody, 72 and two-thirds last year? Yeah, it was three home runs. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right with the innings. And then all of a sudden you have the game-tying jack to center last night. I mean, that was super exciting. Yeah. So, And then the other thing, I don't know about you, but unless there actually is a violation, I don't notice the clock that much. Yeah. Um, it's so back to normal with defense. You, you notice you know, the whole shifting thing is not a deal, you know, it's not Marcus Simeon going into right field anymore. It's yeah. now it's back to like to normal, so you don't even notice that they're not mm-hmm. shifting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it, it feels normal, um, you know. And all these pitchers are, are used to it by now. I, I think in spring there were some guys who were like, oh, I don't know, this might be an issue, but they they seem to have adjusted to it pretty quick. So um, I, don't, I don't foresee that being causing any problems. Seth Brown had a strikeout yesterday with the with the auto K. Um, yeah. But I mean, th- those those times are going to be really rare. I, it's it's never. You know, and I'm sure at some point it's going to happen in a dramatic moment and we're going to get the headlines. You know, it's going to be all over ESPN, you know, like we saw in spring one game when a game ended on the auto K. But um, for the most part, you know, people are adjusting to the rules quick. The players, I think, have adjusted to it quicker than maybe, you know, some people might have expected. I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem for any of them. So I don't think, you know, fans should be too uh, you know worried about it. Let's end on this. I, I, I've liked asking this question to people. It just seems our game's got a lot of good momentum. WBC, uh, the commissioner was on MLB now. We're talking about the success and how it, it brings the casual. The casual fan got into it this year. Yeah. And the new rules, as you mentioned, people are like, hey, it's not as slow. Do, do you feel like our sport has a lot of 
good momentum going into this season. Absolutely, and you mentioned the, the WBC. I mean, there were fan, there were you know people that I talked to who you know don't watch baseball at all. They were getting into it. Um, it's just it, it brought you know baseball into a into a forum that we haven't seen in a while. You know, we, NFL, NBA, all that stuff. You know, that that's you know still on top right now. I feel like in terms of popularity, but I think baseball with with what happened with the WBC and what's happening with the new rules, with the games being quicker and more action, it's going to start to gain even more momentum. And I think um, you know you're looking at the next generation of, of you know players. You know, kids looking, watching these games, maybe they're going to get more interested in it and want to play baseball, you know, as a career as opposed to, you know, all the kids that are shifting over over recent years to football and, and basketball. And, um, you know, I think for sure, I mean, it's right now it's at an all-time high right now, and I think it's only going to grow as the season goes along. I, I think about the great work that you do, and it's kind of getting scary how the newspapers are truly just going away. Like, your guy's job on MLB.com is second to none, but our days of newspapers and traveling with the team, like you're going to be the only guy traveling with the team. Is that crazy? That's, it is nuts. Uh, it's weird. I, I know. I mean, it, it's good for you and it, readers yeah, and everything, but it's but, also kind of like, what, what's going yeah. on? I mean, I, you know, I started out on the newspaper side, so I, I, I know how it is, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad to see it, you know, because, I mean, newspapers are super important. I hope they're always around, um, you know, because we need that, not just for sports, but for everything in our, or our daily lives. So I'm hoping that situation improves a little bit. But, yeah, it is going to be weird. I mean, it, there were a couple, you know, instances last year where I was the only guy on the road. There were a couple times where I wasn't on the road um, and there was nobody out there. So um, you That's know, why we have Ace Cast and Ace <laughs> Cast Live. Yeah. We're yep. the last line of defense, baby. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it is a little different, but, you know, you adjust to it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to, you know, take advantage of it as much as I can. Um, but, you know, it is, it is, it's the year we're living in right now. You're it. Yeah. You're our guy. It's on me. It's, it's all on, on you. If this season goes south, it's all on this guy. Blame me. <laughs> Always great to have you. Good I appreciate you, it. Thank you. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Johnny D waiting in the wings. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, no Chris Townsend. Yes, the camera's focused on just the great Johnny Dosco. So, Johnny, how can I put this? It was a, uh, I wouldn't say heartbreaking loss last night for, for the green and gold, but you want, it's a game you want to have, right? Like when you score 11 runs, it's the first time since 2000 against the Rain. What was it? What do we have? May 5th against the Rangers in 2000, where they score 11 runs and yeah. didn't win. They lost. What was that like 17, 16? Was that Raiders Cowboys playing that game? Yeah, I think it was 16 and 15. That was yeah. That was uh, that was a tough one. But that I wouldn't maybe not heartbreaking, but heart wrenching. I would say heart wrenching loss when. I thought when 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 Brownie hit that home run, when Seth Brownie hit that home run, I thought it was going to be you know the home team really has an advantage in that in, in extra innings the way it's designed now. Yeah. So I really thought after uh, Brown hit that home run that uh, that the A's were going to come out on top. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, get hit that home run off Class A, too, who's yeah. been such a good closer the last few years, especially last year, only giving up three home runs in less than 75 innings. Yeah. Uh, the guy has been uh, nails for them. I, mean, I, I wouldn't say he's Trevor Hoffman and Mario Rivera, but in modern game, he's pretty good. Yeah. Where we looked at Hader as the guy for a long time being the shutdown closer. Class A's kind of, ta- in my opinion, taken over as that guy. And that's not the second time in like three years I've seen a guy hit a home run. Jed Lowry did it a few years ago against Class A, first game out of the All Star break in 2021. And then Seth Brown last night. He, you wish you had that game, but it's one and three. They're one and one and one run games. I, I was hoping to have that stat where, hey, the A's are two and oh, one run games. That's that's turning the corner. But yeah. if we looked at that, we broke it down before. If you want to be a good team and re and and, a, and I wouldn't say rebuilding, but retooling phase, you have to play good defense in that. Well, that didn't happen last night, but you know you work those things out and you figure it out. But you want to talk about Carlos Perez? Now, I don't know as much about him as you do because you're around a lot more. Around the guy, so what can you tell me about Carlos Perez? Well, I can tell you that you know he's had a couple thirty home run, home run seasons in AAA, but I think it's just a great story that he hasn't uh, played in the big leagues for four and a half years. It's been since September of 2018, and he's gonna he's gonna play in the big leagues tonight. He's, he gets the gets the start tonight. He's he's really excited about it, and just uh, a story of perseverance. Uh, the guy, you know, he's uh, he knows Jesus Aguilar really well, and they they played in Venezuela growing up, and uh, you know, look. It's a great story, and you know, look, he was playing in Mexico three weeks ago, right? And then the the A's sign him, and he makes the team, and now he's uh, now he's starting, and he couldn't be more thrilled. I, I'm just really happy for him that the opportunity after a long time uh, in the minor leagues. Of course, you had COVID, and uh, so it just for him to get back in, in the starting, uh, you know, backup role right now, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's always good to hear those stories of guys that were here. Uh, you know, he was here a few years ago. Now he's back, yeah. getting a chance to play. You know, obviously with Shea Langliers needing a day off and. You know, um, why am I drawing a blank on? Uh, oh, because uh, Manny Pena has the injury. Right. So, you know, you thought Pena was going to be your backup catcher when you acquired him in the three-team deal. And now we got Carlos Perez. And, you know, Soderstrom's catching in AAA where he was. And he was catching in spring training. But it's a good story to see someone like uh, Carlos Perez get a shot with the, with the A's. Because land of opportunity and you get a lot of playing time in Oakland, especially yeah. the last couple of years. And it's good to see hopefully he can build into a, a nice backup catcher or uh, you know, if he goes on the AAA when they call up Soderstrom or when Manny Pena comes back, he can get some more playing time, get some more bats. Because he sat around until the eighth inning the other night when he came in the, or the yeah. other day against the Angels. So you want to see him get in, and he's getting in today, and that's going to be good. And hopefully he can do something. Well, there's a bats against uh, Shane Bieber tonight. That's a, that's no yeah. uh, easy task that's, when you got Shane Bieber on the mound. That's no picnic. And, you know, kind of figured it would be the time with uh, with Muller and Langoliers working together. You kind of figured this would be the day that, that Langoliers will get a blow, and then he'll he'll be tomorrow, you know, get an opportunity to, to catch uh, – Kyle Muller, as he did in the opener. So. Yeah, Muller talked about that. I was listening to it. I was cutting it up for uh, for us to use here on the scoreboard, actually, uh, with Kyle, Kyle Muller after making the open day start and, you know, how he called his mother. His mom was the first person he called. And just he talked about it at length about his relationship with Shea Langoliers, and it was really good to hear because of their days in Atlanta. So looking forward to see him make his second start tomorrow. But, uh, I mean, again, it, it's always good when you see these elite-level pitchers like Shane Bieber, you know, take them out. I'm excited to see Bieber. But I want to see what J.P. Sears can do, Yeah. you know, getting his first shot through the rotation, acquired last year from the Yankees uh, in the trade for Frankie Montas, who's going to be out for pretty much the whole year because of uh, – was it a shoulder injury, I believe, Frankie had? So hopefully J.P. Sears can, you know, look good tonight because I thought he was going to be the swing, the, the swing man where Aller was going to take the rotation spot. They flipped that around, and all our, you know, he had pits in long relief the other day, but I want to see what J.P. Sears has tonight. It's funny. You look at the A's through the years, too. If you look over the last five, six years, they have hit some of these aces pretty hard. It's funny. Yeah. You know, Bieber's coming in, and, of course, coming off that great start against Seattle, six shutout. Uh, but, look, I and, and look, 
if you can, for for the Guardians, they need Bieber to go six or seven. That that bullpen a little banged up on the early early part of this season, so they they're they're they got some tired arms down there. So they still have some guys that are available, but uh, I think the Guardians need six out of out of Bieber tonight. So hopefully the A's can get to him early. Yeah, I have it in here, like about the uh, the, the bullpen, the Cleveland bullpen. Police had glass of one plus last night. He gave up, you know, he got hit around pretty well. Uh, the, they played consecutive extra inning games with the bullpen covering 14 and a third of the 20 innings that they've had possible over the last couple of games. That goes back to their their series in Seattle. So get if you can get the Bieber early, knock him out early within the you know fourth inning, and you're, you want to put their bullpen back out there because while those guys are overworked, the you know Curry last night, uh, Eli Morgan pitched late in the game, Class A. They got guys, you know, they're they've been overworked. Their bullpen's very good. I mean, that's yes, one of the reasons yeah. why they're so good. They're they develop pitching there as good as anyone. I would say what them and the Dodgers are pretty good at developing, not just starting pitching, but pitching overall. They've done such a great job over the years. Bieber's a case. McKenzie last year. Who's is, is Gaddis going to be the guy this year? Like they always have a guy that breaks out every year, and it's uh, it, it's going to be curious to who it is this year. But I want to play a little game because we have about well, four minutes. Okay. We're going to bring back a game from spring training, a game I know you love, everyone loves, everyone's favorite game. Know your Cleveland baseball franchise, know your tribe, okay. know your guardians. All right. A lot of questions in here. All right, first one. What year did the Cleveland franchise, the then Indians, score over 1,000 runs in a Major League Baseball season? Uh, I, know it was, I know it was late 90s. Uh, is it 98 or uh, – n- it's either 98 or 99. It's one of them, yes. Uh, 99. There you go. 1999, 99. the Cleveland Indians scored over 1,000. I wow. think it was like 1,000. That's incredible. I didn't put the exact number. It was like 1,023, something like that. Same year, Manny Ramirez had a great year. How many RBIs did Manny Ramirez have in 1999? I'm going to say he had 100 and, 100 and, 151. Close. That's really close. What do you have? 165. Wow. That is a lot of that RBIs. That is. That's I mean, incredible. You got, you got a lot of guys on base to do that. Yeah. And for him to be able to do that, then he you know, doesn't stay in Cleveland. He goes on to play for the Red Sox and yeah. Dodgers. And former A, yeah. Manny Ramirez. That's right. That's, a, that's 20, an incredible year. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. 165. Wow. I mean, the last guy I think of that did that earlier, before that was like Juan Gonzalez had all those RBIs in one year at the Rangers. It's crazy to think what baseball is like back in the mid to late 90s when uh, – there was some kind of thing running rampant in clubhouses. I don't know. There's some hey, kind of. Will, will anybody break Hack Wilson's 190 I, RBI? I, that's why that one's, that one's tough with the Chicago Cubs. I don't yeah. know if that one's ever going to. Yeah. That one's ever going to fall. That's yeah. one of those. I wouldn't say it's an unbreakable record, but it's one of those like Cal Ripken's games played. Wayne Gretzky's point total, and uh, in, in the NHL, there's some record. Wilt Chamberlain's. Um, or, uh, 100, 100 point points. game or his rebounds, either one. I think DiMaggio's 56 game hitting yeah. streak in this era of middle guys and closer. I just don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, there, I think the like most recent one to do the closest was wasn't it Jimmy Rollins, or was it Luis Castillo from the Mar? Someone got into like the 40s and everyone's like, oh, it's going to happen. And then yeah, it, 56 games in a row that's tough. It is, and it it, is. that was the year that he won the MVP over Ted Williams to 400 that year. That's right. So that was. Uh, that was a big, um, big topic back in the back in the yeah, yeah. 1941 for Amazing. Ted joined. Ted went away to do the uh, everything with the army, uh, or the the armed forces during World War II. So Ted missed some, I think, four years because of that, or three years. Can you imagine hitting 401, and your your manager says you can sit, and he's like, nope, and then he gets five hits in the doubleheader, right? Yeah, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> that, well, I mean, Ted Williams is uh, on a different level. Okay, yeah. which Guardians Gold Glove outfielder went to high school in Fremont? 
Well, we talked about that a couple of days ago, so I'm going to say Stephen Kwan. There you go. Yep. 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 Well, it says Guardians, too, so you know someone yeah, on the right. current team. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Who did the brother of Glenn Kuyper, Dwayne Kuyper, hit his only career home run off of when he was a Cleveland Indian in 1977? 1977? Yep. Dwayne Kuyper has one career home run off this guy who is now a broadcaster in Major League Baseball. Oh, he's a broadcaster? Want to Cy Young? Steve Stone. There you go. Yeah. Steve Stone, 1977. It's an asterisk by that answer because I, I, I had to get, the, I had to get all the hints. You know, How many numbers are retired by the Cleveland baseball franchise? Interesting. Uh, this say, includes Jackie Robinson. I'll say seven. Close. Nine. Oh, really? I didn't write down all the names, but Jim Tomey's one, Larry yep. Gobey's one, yep. Jackie Robinson, yep. Frank Robinson. Yep. Uh, Tony Oliva? Uh, no. Um, uh, Bob Feller's on there. Okay, yep. Bob Lemon's on there. So they have, they have a lot of guys on the list. Okay. Hal, Hal Trotsky? I didn't I don't think okay. he was on there. All right. Uh here's here's the last one. Right. Who was the Cleveland Indians first ever draft pick? Oh man. How can I put it in the best way? Today would have been his birthday. Ray Fossey. There you go, Ray Fossey. We love you, Foss. Yep. First draft pick ever, 1965. Wow. Same draft of uh, some guys in there. You might have heard of Nolan Ryan was in that draft. Yeah, decent. Uh, Rick Monday yep. uh, by the A's, Kansas City A's. And uh, Nolan Ryan. Did I say Nolan Ryan? Johnny yep. Bench. Johnny yep. Bench is in that draft as well. Actually, Ray Fossey drafted before Johnny Bench. So that? there you go. So there's no your guardians. You did, Love it. This is you did a way better job than you did with some of the teams. In yeah, spring training. training. I was oh I had a, I had a couple. I did horrific. ask you. I did ask you what beer was brewed at Coors Field, and that's kind of rough. <laughs> now Blue Moon does a spot. Their commercial yeah. is the beer that's brewed at Coors Field. That they say it in there. So there you go. How about that? The more you know, as they say. That's so right. that's right. gonna do it for Ace Cast right. Live today, Johnny. Always a pleasure. We'll see always. you. A, yeah. We'll see you at the next home stand when the Mets are in town next Friday. Right. Seventy three reunion. Yep. Marcana's coming back. Is there anyone else on? Because uh, Bassett's gone. Who any other former A's on that team? Uh, Marte. Yeah. So that's when we'll see you next. Okay. But we want to thank Stephen Kwan, Jace Peterson, Martin Gallegos, and Emo Scott Emerson, who was here for about a minute, but his voice was too raspy, so we gave him a pass for today. Ace Total Access with Chris Towns is coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll be back on Friday for Ace Cast Live at 1 o'clock as the A's are in Tampa Bay taking on the Toronto, or Toronto, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are right now the best team in baseball. I don't, are they playing right now? They are currently, they're playing a national league team. They're playing the Nats, actually. They are down 5-4. Okay, so they, uh, Josh Fleming not pitching well like the other guys in the rotation have, but that's who you'll, you'll, we'll have when we come back for Ace Cast Live on Friday. We want to make sure we thank everyone, all of our sponsors, Link Soul for our gear, and we'll talk to everyone Friday, but Ace Total Access with Chris Townsend is coming up in about three minutes right here on AceCast in the A's radio network. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.